This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Psychology at Work on Resource Centre. My name is Audrey Raj and with me on the show, as always, is the ever effervescent organisational psychologist and CEO of Osaic, Hetal Doshi. How are you doing this morning, Hetal? I'm really good. Thank you, Audrey. How are you? I am good too. Now, uh, on the show today, Hetal, we're going to be talking about bullying leaders uh, in the workplace and to a certain extent um, we're going to be talking about bullying leaders at large now why was it important to discuss bullying at this point in time Hito? yeah i think you could see i mean all over the news without wanting to uh, we, we want to stay away from politics as much as possible i know it's a radio station but but you can't help but to you know when you log on to the news you know, definitely there's something massive that's going on in the world today that is that has this experience or perception of one bullying another. Um, and although there's one massive story that we are all experiencing about bullying, um, we see this like a buffet, right? Like anywhere and everywhere. The moment there is this opportunity for power, uh, there is this um, natural need or inclination for human beings to kind of... Um, take that opportunity to see how better we can position ourselves in this hierarchy of society. And one of those easy options to climb up the ladder would be mm. uh, this mechanism or this tool or this technique of bullying. Um, mm. And so I thought it would be quite valuable to talk about what it, what bullying really is about, um, what constitutes it and how you can kind of escape an experience of bullying. Right. Okay, so let's just start with what makes a bully and, and why they do what they do. Right. So um, typically bullying is basically a dysfunctional and a destructive goal-directed behavior that harms another person. Uh, typically, it would also be some kind of psychological power imbalance to a point where the person on the receiving end experiences mm. a feeling of being helpless. Um, so typically, a bully would be somebody who has an apparent lack or concern, lack of concern for the well-being of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a sense of apathy, apathy, not empathy, yeah? Uh, also, it is a technique that negatively affects the climate in which it operates. So almost mm. everybody, the bully, the, perpet- the perpetrator who's the bully, the victim who is the one who uh, experiences it, as well as the people around them actually get impacted in the exact same way that the person who is bullied mm. uh, experiences the bullying experience as well. So um, yeah, to anyone who is bullying to anyone who is experiencing other people getting bullying, the impact on you would be the same as the one who gets bullied. Mm. Um, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Because energy transfers. Uh, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just transfers and everybody who experiences it probably feels uh, that level of experience as well. And the third characteristic of a bully is, as well is that they tend to spin the truth in order to justify the actions as if they are doing it for the greater good as opposed mm. to honestly claiming that it is out of their own self-interest to increase their own personal power. Um, so what becomes very interesting over here is that uh, human beings, you know, can be great storytellers. And so how a story is spun um, can eventually lead to an experience where we uh, end up saying, yeah, maybe that person deserved to be bullied. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, so that's that's basically what bullying 
I guess what bullying means and what what right. It. Um, but but why do bullies um do this? You know, like we've we've just heard how you know it can impact them as well. You know, but why do some leaders still intimidate or manipulate or even use fear to to get what they ultimately want? Yeah, I think it's really a, a very brilliant, deep, um, you know. Uh, thoughtful process to actually begin to uncover the reasons behind it yeah because the only way to be able to stop these kind of experiences is to actually deeply understand it mm-hmm. um so story behind behavior when you actually observe the the bully uh, there are so many deep rooted issues that make them behave in this dysfunctional uh, uh way one of it would be one of it would be a perceived threat right like so somebody you are put in a position where you feel that you know it's a hostile environment you are threatened and so it brings out the worst in you even if you may never have wanted to be that person or uh you never had a past experience of being bullied but that particular experience pushes you so far back into a corner that that is the only thing that you know based on what you've experienced the only thing that you know that will help you get out of the situation the second reason why people would be uh would utilize bullying as a technique uh, to survive or to thrive even would be their own past, past or current toxic environments so it is very likely that a bully has been bullied before it is very very likely that they would have a history of family abuse or abandonment um and in fact those who according to the research those who have experienced bullying are twice as likely to bully others as a future defense mechanism um and it is this vicious cycle of of negative behaviors that keeps on per- perpetrating itself mm-hmm. um it could also be that um they 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 think that this is the norm mm. based on the environment that this is this is normal acceptable behavior. yeah that there is absolutely nothing wrong in raising your voice and putting somebody down in uh using even this uh, technique as a way to say oh i'm bringing i'm trying to bring out the best in you that's why i'm doing mm. this out of Hmm. Uh, because these are things that you may have had heard in your own environment, and I think I mean Audrey, I'm not sure about you, but I, even I could relate to have, have having heard these kind of statements in my life, not necessarily from my parents, but uh, hearing it from friends' parents saying, you know, I I beat you because I love you, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm I'm yelling at you because I love you, you know, I'm locking you up in the bathroom. <laughs> so these are things that it's not something that you have to watch a movie for. I think it happens uh, pretty pretty much ex- uh, everywhere. The other mm. thing would be a desire for power as well. So human beings typically, uh, we 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 tend to want to climb up this uh, social hierarchy of sorts. Eh? So the moment there is this opportunity for us, I'm not saying everybody does it. but bullies think that they are virtuous right and an avas- aversive control of the victim is justified as a way of them uh, uh being able to climb up a certain ladder and climbing up the certain ladder means then that this is the social good that they're doing for everybody uh, so this theory is called social dominance theory uh, social dominance theory also has this idea that uh people who tend to have si- high social dominance orientation meaning i have a desire of dominating the society the the more they have that kind of orientation the more they are likely to have a view of the world as a competitive dog eat dog environment of winners and losers mm. and you would hear quite a lot of uh, a lot of leaders saying you know let's compete let's win you know we play to win we play to win that's very high social dominance orientation we actually not necessarily play to win per se but we play to be the best version of ourselves right you don't have mm. to put somebody else down in order to uh, rise above you don't necessarily have to do that so languaging languaging where you hear a doggy dog dogs world winning losing 
competition, all of that is very fear-based and it's a need to be able to dominate the uh, environment. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I think motivation is important. Goals are important, but domination is not necessarily the best thing. You can always win without having to dominate. Yeah. Um, And lastly, yeah, definitely uh, revenge. So countries, for example, or companies or teams that have had have had experiences where, uh, you know, they were suppressed themselves. So they were the ones they were the ones who were suppressed. Now feel the need to suppress mm. others. That they become the oppressor as well, and that becomes the reason why it's justified to behave behave this way. And the ultimate victory for them is not in winning, but in watching hurt caused upon the other right now um just bringing things back into the workplace um is there a way or like a pattern or a or an mo when it comes to um how bullying leaders operate like like what do they do that Mm. clearly indicates that they are bullying someone in the workplace Mm. like behaviors Right. First, first things first, they tend to communicate in quite an aggressive manner. So immediately you are caught off balance and you, I mean, being caught off guard means that you don't know how to retaliate. And typically then that means that you would withdraw unless, of course, you have also had the training, the mental training to be able to dominate in that conversation as well. But majority of the time, people tend to have had these past experiences where if somebody is overly aggressive, they tend to back step away. back, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you tend to, uh, unless you really have had those, you know, simulation, simulated training in the past as well. They also often have a way of packing at your self-esteem and confidence to the point where you are completely fragile. Uh, so uh, this would be in a way of criticizing and humiliating you either publicly or privately enough in small little ways, but perpetual and pervasive enough for you to become quite vulnerable and, uh, uh, you know, fragile of sorts from the inner world. Uh, and you would see this even if, a, even if the person has a very huge, large body, size, physical body, the inner world could be very delicate, fragile because of the constant criticism and humiliation as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing would be that they manipulate information. Uh, so manipulation would be a very, very important part of the game uh, that police either play consciously or unconsciously. They withhold resources from you to prevent you or to give you further fear that you may not be able to survive in a situation like this. And they oscillate. I think this is the most interesting bit that they, when they criticize you and humiliate you, they could also oscillate you and lift you up such that you are almost in need of the next high of them lifting you up and you are willing to bear the putting them putting of yourself down because you're like, okay, you know, this is also the only person or the very few people in my life who really lift me up. And mm. so uh, I cling on to that, even though there is that whole notion that I'm being put down at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Now, um, we are going to need to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we get into why bullying continues to exist in this day and age. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Big Friendly Macha, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Psychology at Work on Resource Centre. My name is Audrey Raj and joining us as usual is organisational psychologist and CEO of OSAIC, Hetal Doshi. And on this, our 11th episode, we are discussing bullying leaders. Now, um, 
Hetel, before the break, we were talking about how leaders bully in different ways, right? But I have to, I have to ask, um, why is it that we are still de- dealing with bullying in this day and age? Why does this continue to exist? And you know, some people say, uh, oh, you know, bullying leaders only exist because f- their followers allow them to continue to bully. And what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, I definitely uh, would agree to that as well. Uh, and at the same time, I think there are many other reasons why bullying continues to exist. Number one, because uh, the climate and our society glorifies rewards, su- supports and recognizes the achievement of results over and above how these results are achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably would have heard, you know, I don't care how you get it done as long as it's done. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, nobody actually throws a party for a loser. Right. Uh, of course, now we are always using that word like failure is, you know, something that is uh, a learning opportunity and all of that. But have we actually really glorified that as much as we glorify uh, the outcome of success? Yeah? Mm. Um, and, and, and bigger and more powerful is, is always the thing that is glorified. Um, the outcomes of results also, it, it, because I have, I have won and I've achieved something, that in itself has so much of power to give me more power to continue to perpetuate the validity of that behavior uh, because it's going to give me more. Mm. It doesn't give me less. It gives me more. So I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep finding ways of doing it. Also, there is maybe a lack of collective power to shut down some such behaviors. So you could see sometimes that the voice of one is more powerful than the voice of a thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand, because that one combined, right? That one person combined probably has the wealth of this 40,000, 50,000, 100,000, or their network of that 1% at the top is far more superiorly powerful than the collective power to shut down these behaviors as well. Um, and, you know, one of the things about shutting down these behaviors will be the next point, which is the consequences of shutting down these behaviors. Mm. Most of us would, would you know, um, okay, well, I mean, most of us would talk about having, about shutting down these behaviors. I think online you would see, oh, you know, we should do this, we should do that, we should do this, but... Um, we probably may not do anything about it because that could uh, create a direct impact to our own livelihood, uh, our family's livelihood, uh, potential future opportunities. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there is a lot to lose um, in trying to win a war like this as well. Um, You know, as they say, like in war, it's not who wins, but who loses less. Uh, Mm. And the ones who have more power typically lose less. Um, and also, even if there are consequences, the overall cost benefit of bullying actions are in favor of the benefits, which means that if I am working with somebody who is in power and I'm trying to shut them out, shut them down versus um, supporting them, supporting them would have far more benefits than the benefits of shutting them down as well. So weighing the pros and cons, unfortunately, would mean that uh, let me just go with the um, you know, at least keeping myself safe, if not trying to figure out what I can benefit from this as well. Hmm. So what can um, workers do when they find themselves with a supervisor who is a bully or, you know, they get bosses who instill fear into their workers uh, that do not agree with them or appear not to support them? Um, What do you do then? What are your Hmm. options? Yeah, um, I think I think also you know in saying that um, you know people do experience this stress and inner conflict you know when when they when they when they see these kind of things because they know there's something wrong there's something wrong but they tend to use all of their cognitive uh, their mental resources to to figure out 
how to pacify themselves in a situation like this and then over a period of time convince themselves that, okay, you know what, maybe this isn't so bad after all. And then they become desensitized. Um, so before you become desensitized in a situation like this, because that's what people will do, uh, they try, they use all of their resources to justify as well to themselves that it's okay, that these kind of situations are okay. Um, mm. Number one, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I, I think everybody should definitely have a, a, a lawyer as a friend, okay? <laughs> Make sure that you have a lawyer as a friend because ultimately these kind of situations could be legal situations where you really want to safeguard and protect yourself. Mm. So uh, I think number one, understand what the legal, legal uh, what your legal rights are in a situation like this and all the documents that you need to have in place in order to be able to succeed if, if and when you want to take this person to task. Because the last thing that you want to do is to act before understanding the outcomes of how you're going to be able to, you know, you want to be able to understand if at the end of the day, my outcome is to be able to win this war. You want to make sure that the processes that you take are right. You don't want to just go head on or be emotional about it and, and then not know where it's going to lead you because the consequences can be quite detrimental for you as well. Uh, so the other thing would be, uh, you know, if you have enough in you and you find that there is a, an opportunity too, uh, you can talk to leaders in a non-threatening way, uh, which I don't know whether I myself would do that because uh, I think when someone's very threatening, talking to them in a non-threatening manner may give them more power mm. to be more threatening. Um, so I'm not sure whether there is an opportunity to do that. However, I have seen cases before where in meetings, somebody uh, is a little bit of, you know, using bullying and another person overrides that person in, you know, in a respectful manner, but to shut that conversation down. And you can see that that's the end of that behavior altogether. So it does work sometimes. And it's a very short, sharp, sweet, cutthroat immediately there and then and never again. Very powerful way of doing it if you can do it right. But does that involve an external party stepping in? To check the not behavior? Necessarily. Not necessarily. Hmm. Not necessarily. But what it typically would require would be at least having one or two or three people support you over there as well. Hmm. Uh, to back that up a little bit. Because that person who gets the bully, typically if they experience something like that, they're going to look left and right to see whether they still have supporters in that environment. So if you have a one or two people next to you to back that up a little bit, um, that could really pull through. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the best ways to move forward because it has... Very little drama. It means you don't have to bring in new people, don't have to bring mediators, moderators. It doesn't have to take like 10 sessions before you get there. Um, so just putting that person in their place immediately when you see that happening could be very, very uh, powerful uh, uh, way of doing it. Uh, yeah, but you probably just want to just want to be a little bit smart about it and make sure that you have one or two, three people backing you up in that scenario as well. Um, I guess a, a couple of things also uh, would be to be a very no-nonsense person to begin with. As you step into any environment, be somebody who is known to have a reputation that you will not take any kind of nonsense because it is these small little gaps that people see and they see these gaps and they're like, okay, you know, this is a person that I can take for a ride a little bit. So be somebody who is, you know, uh, reasonably vocal about not tolerating these kind of behaviors from the start. Um, mm -hmm. I think also take a long-term view and try to ignore, um, sometimes ignore, uh, Try to take a long-term view about certain situations and be very careful as you approach this. So, you know, it could be signals that people are telling you that the person is like that um, or experiences that you had that have with this person. If a long-term view is for you to stay in this particular organization, then you want to strategically find a way to position yourself so that you can you can be there as well. So 
I think outcome, strategy, tactics, support um, uh, uh, would be, you know, uh, a ways that you could use to figure out small victories to keep you going in an environment like this. My also massive recommendation to everybody uh, is that from what I understand, majority of the clients that we work with anyway are taking these behaviors extremely seriously, offensive behaviors, sexual behaviors, verbal abuse, physical abuse, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, what we call toxic kind of behaviors are taken, very, from my experience anyway in Malaysia, is taken, being taken very seriously. Hmm. Um, so my recommendation would be to expose these people via uh, confidential whistleblowing channels internally right. or other, you know, HR compliant channels. Um, other things that people have done in the past would be to gang up and to go to media directly. Uh, you know, that's also an option. I don't necessarily recommend it before you go through internal channels. But the reason why people go to, to go to, to media directly is because their voice gets heard uh, mm. much, much faster. Yeah, but I, I, do, I do appreciate a lot of organizations taking uh, industrial relation matters extremely, extremely carefully these days as well. Now, Hetal, we're talking about bullying leaders and we're talking about this obviously because it does affect organizational performance. But maybe you can just uh, give us some examples of how it does. How how do bullying leaders impact uh, organizational performance? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing that's going to happen to you, my dear friends, whoever uh, (laughs) are thinking that you can get away with it or... Yeah, um, it, it is that the, the, the first thing that's going to happen in this day and age is that you're, you're going to appear in the news. And nothing could be more exciting than your family reading about your behaviors in the news and you having to justify that. And that, that, that's something that, you know, some leaders are still okay with. Yeah, they appear in the news every other day and they, they're still okay with it. But I think majority of us would never want to appear in the news for something like this. The cost of ignoring bullying may also lead you to uh, appearing in courts and experiencing all these, you know, uh, uh, you know, one case after another case, and 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 the and the interesting thing about it is that I think most of us would know that uh, these days when you end up having your first expose in the media, uh, you would have a lot of other people who could come on board to say that they agree that you also are bullied. So you get a lot of beautiful surprises along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, things of the past ten years, twenty years ago, all these things that are skeletons in the closet that you would have hoped to have kept in there would come out with that as well. Um, Also, according to Gallup, uh, they have estimated that a typical organization has almost, um, you know, about $3,400 loss of productivity for every 10,000 of payroll due to disengaged employees because of these kind of disputes. So what that means is that you're going to get one third of your entire workforce not being productive enough when they hear these kind of stories uh, that are happening in the court because one third of your workforce are unlikely to want to work uh, as they hear about these court cases going on. Wow. I mean, wow. I think most of us know this, right? Like if you're part of an organization and you know that your leaders are appearing in court or media because of their toxic behaviors, you're probably going to be spending eight hours of your day talking about it rather mm. than actually working. Yeah. Mm. Um, so also, uh, you know, you would have uh, people leaving their jobs because of bullying. Um, and lastly, uh, the psychological impact of bullying. So even if you do not get reported, but the psychological impact of being bullied or experiencing bullying causes this level of fear and indirect stress, obviously, uh, to be able to actually 
participate fully in uh, you know the purpose of your organization uh, and so people begin to take a very play it's safe approach which is the exact opposite of what you want in this world of innovation and risk taking and you know breaking boundaries and putting your heart on your sleeves and going all out uh, to build you know uh, all kinds of unicorn related products yeah so if that's going on in your organization most people are going to be taking a very very play it safe let me run back home as soon as I can kind of an approach <laughs> Now, Hetel, um, we've also heard of stories of how like, maybe people in uh, C-suites or the founders of a company tend to protect these bullying leaders because, well, they're just the high-performing ones. You know, they get the best out of teams or however they're pushing these uh, their teams. Um, so what can external parties uh, or other uh, stakeholders in a company, shareholders um, or like other external parties as well, like your unions, the media, what can they do about... Um, workplace abuse like bullying. Right. You know, um, Audrey, I think this is one of the things that I've experienced over the past decade and I've not seen a real decline in it, unfortunately. Mm. And that is the promotion the promotion of uh, results over behaviour, mm. of how you get those results, which means the, the you're prioritising performance before culture in the organisation. And unfortunately, although we talk a lot about culture the past decade, I'm hearing a lot more of it, but when you look at the KPIs, which one actually has higher weightage uh, is still performance, unfortunately, for most organizations. Mm -hmm. So in terms of being a shareholder or a board of directors or whatever, one of the things would be to screen supervisors, or, sorry, to screen your top leaders for something called social dominance orientation, yeah? which means that are they taking on these positions because they enjoy dominating or are they taking on these positions because they have a higher level of purpose to lift mm -hmm. up the spirit of, uh, you know, sustainable communities of sorts or, you know, sustainable practices um, that have a much higher value and order for humanity. Or are they doing this out of really like, you know, I I've always wanted to have more money and, you know, uh, you know, have power and all of that. Yeah. So definitely one would be a screening process. Most, most, um, most leaders, if not all, when they get up until CEO positions, they would have had to have uh, personality profiling. So my recommendation would be to definitely consider doing an explicit trait assessment on social dominance uh, orientation. The other thing is also to you know uh, to show how strongly you take this um, to how to show how strongly you take culture and values in your organization over performance by making a case out of scenarios where leaders have had malpractices. So it's not only about talking about that this is important, but actually taking action and showing that, yes, we actually take action because on leaders who do not, uh, you know, subscribe to our values and behaviours and um, and it is visibly, uh, you know, ac action is visibly taken. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that everybody can see that, yeah, action has been taken. Um, but without, you know, all of this, I'm, you know, as I'm saying it, I'm saying it without having to shame the person because when you start to shame somebody, you're also... You know, you're also using the tactics exactly. as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and also role modeling behaviors, right? So um, I, I hate to say this, but there are board meetings where I've seen board members themselves, shareholders themselves or board members themselves speaking in a way that doesn't live up to the values that are pinned down, pinned up on the walls of the organization and may also have very strong uh, traces of social dominance in them as well. So when you behave in that way, you might be, you might be indirectly causing the leaders to to feel that oh, this is a behavior that is acceptable. This is a behavior that is rewarded. This is a behavior that you think I should subscribe to. So really checking your behaviors as well, um, and 
yeah, I think I think that would be that that would be it. And one one thing I would definitely recommend is for most people to this is so left field, <laughs> but to take part in a lot of meditation or breathing kind of activities, even at a board level, because the pressure is very very high. And even though you may not want to be bullying, the anger may come across as such. And anger through the pressures that you experience may end up manifesting in bullying kind of behavior. So it may not be that you are a bully, but it's just that the level of pressure and stress that you are experiencing may cause you to behave in that way. So really calming yourselves down through breathing, meditation practices, you know, pacifying something called your amygdala, which is the attack mode that you would have as a mechanism within you would be a very important thing, uh, I think, for most leaders. Because like, there, there are a lot who don't even realize that they are behaving mm. in that way mm. um, uh, at all. All right. On that note, uh, thank you, Hazel, for taking the time to share these insights with us. For more information on OSIC and your services, where can our listeners go? Uh, please uh, look up for me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Hetal Doshi, H-E-T-A-L Doshi, D-O-S-H-I. Uh, thank you to those of you who have been reaching out. Um, like, pretty much once the podcast is out, I'll hear it from so many of you. Or you could just uh, get in touch with us via our website, which is www.o and if you missed out on any part of this show you can go look for the podcast on our website that's bfm.my you can also look for all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play uh, Hethel will be back again same time the first Tuesday of May but till then on behalf of Hethel Doshi organisational psychologist and CEO of OSEC and myself Audrey Raj this has been Psychology at Work on Resource Centre BFM 89.9 Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.